it's the only podcast with more kinks than a GE refrigerator. We're the in- we're inspired incompetence. <laughs> Way to uh, slightly botch our intro there. We're inspired incompetence. <laughs> there you go. There, use that one, Matt. <laughs> Using them both. Got it. But all right, here we are uh, in another mindscape. Now you said another mindscape. Are these different mindscapes? No. How does a mindscape work? All right. It, it's the only mindscape you've ever been in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that you know of. But yeah, uh, some pretty wonky shit happened last week. You guys were fighting Yosijuin, the elf anti-paladin. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you, you beat him, as you do. But then this other guy showed up, called you all anomalies, and then uh, you woke up in some coffins. Mm. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty glad that it's just a mindscape and there's a potential that we can get out of here. Yeah, you guys found out that it's not, you're not really, you weren't really back in Roslar's tomb, but you are in a, something called a mindscape, which is essentially a, it's another plane of existence, but you're only mentally here. Your physical bodies are presumably where you left them and you have to, in order to get back into your bodies, so to speak, you need to leave this mindscape. So yeah, you're you're currently in this uh in this classroom that you recognize from uh Roslar's tomb or uh Roslar's coffer, uh the ruined one. And apparently this classroom works as like a uh like a memory bank. You're free to kinda ask any questions that you want that one of you would already have the information somewhere in your brain. It's just kind of like a big review room. And yeah, there's like some little spirit kids standing on the desk that are working as like the AI. It's like the, or the UI that is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. Does Thelias have anything? Is he reacting with the, I mean, I know I am Thelias, but this is sort of a, is that ghost like his younger cousin or something? <laughs> hey, Flies. So. I think she's looking at you. I think she likes you. <laughs> she's like seven. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, uh, if if these things aren't going to tell us how to get out of here, then I don't see what we're doing in here. We should we should really be trying to find a way out of here because I I am just about done with this. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. I uh, stand up and go to leave, and I, I make sure it's all right with the teacher before I get completely up. You know, like get half out of my seat. Look, like, am I gonna yell, Dad? He uh, yeah. he hands you a hall pass. There you go. Perfect. Roger just flies out of the room. What was in that you, other room? Oh, it you was, return uh, into uh, uh, like Kishi Kisha's uh, sitting room, and you hear, "Oh, it's another one! Get up! Oh, it's just you." Welcome it's back. Classic. You just wanted to do that again. <laughs> this is, uh, what, did, did you find your? Uh, did you find anything enlightening beyond that door? Uh, no. We found some bratty kids who only tell us things we already know. Oh, I'm sorry to hear it, but uh, perhaps uh, yeah, he kind of nods to the the other door that you know, leads into part of the dye works. And he says, I suppose you'll have to 
Use this door. Perhaps this door is a fun one. Ugh. It does seem like our only way forward is going to be into that room that looks like the die works. I hope you find what you're looking for. Me too. Alright, so you, uh, you exit through the western door. We gotta go through at some point, right? So it would seem. Alright, to the murder room. Yep. Alright. It's been a bit, so I'll read the description again. Oh, thanks. Two mill wheels. You're welcome. Two mill wheels straddle a wide trough in the ground. Each is connected to a stirring mechanism in a huge vat, one to the north of the wheels and one to the south. Several barrels stand near the vats, each overfilled with bright rainbow-colored pigments. Fireplaces stand on the east wall near each vat, roughly opposite large sliding doors. Over the northern vat, you see a gruesome scene, playing again and again on loop, of Yando getting sucked into a vibrant, rainbow-colored ooze, his outstretched hand the last thing to disappear, accompanied by screams of pain and sickening crunches as the ooze's deadly pressures crushes him to death. Um, I'm gonna take one look at that and then look at that no longer and just traverse this area here to try and see what's over here. All right. To the west. Kind of like uh, just shielding my vision. Like, uh, I don't need to see this a hundred times. Like, what else? Like one hand over your side of your eyes, like not looking, not looking, (laughs) not looking. I'm, uh, see, Uhtred was gonna very specifically not just walk through the room like that. And kind of like apprehensively like test it out. So um, feel free to stop me. I'm about to do that. If you're like, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. Hold on. So as you like start to go into the room, Uhtred would instinctively kind of like put his hand out in front of you to stop you from going forward, and he would say, uh, Randolph, if you didn't notice, this is where Yando died, and. If you don't remember... I noticed. Uh, I remember. Well, m- maybe we shouldn't walk right past the giant vat with a one-shotting ooze. Oh, because... if because he's that's died. how Yendo died. Right, right, And right, he was right, the right, second right. one to walk by it. Right, 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 right. Good thinking. Good thinking. I, d- I don't know if there is an actual deadly ooze in there, but maybe we should kind of, like, you know... Stick a foot out, touch the ground a little bit. Let's send Vipira first and then second. No. <laughs> Vipira Let's goes invisible. <laughs> so I'm ready to go. Uh, if if Vipira wants to try an invisible, that's that's better than one like someone not invisible going. Only slightly. Do you think maybe we could test it out with Elias? I look over at Elias like uh are you up for it? I'm not going to volunteer him unless he uh, thinks he's up for it. Elias he... uh, yeah. sticks a, an index finger under his collar with a gulp. <laughs> <laughs> that means that's a resounding yes for him. <laughs> well, I mean, Elias, Randolph can always snap you back into his head. So uh... if you, someone gets, if you get do get grappled, at least we know we can get you back. All right, so you send uh, Thelias yeah, I... in. I give him a hug before he goes, and I let him know I've got his back. Okay. square at a time. So Thalias slowly starts making his way around the the vat, and the whole time everybody's watching him, and just that scene of Yando keeps playing over and over, and you just hear the the crunch, crunch, crunch as the thing, like, just, like, reels Yando in 
with each constriction until you can't see him anymore. And then it resets. And all you can see is his upper half from like the beginning of the loop. And you just hear him again. No, 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 no. Crunch, crunch, crunch. And it's just over and over and over. Alex, why are you doing this? <laughs> and the entire good, time, Thalias moves around the vat and does not seem to be attacked or harried in any way. Can you? Does he make it? Are you sure? I feel very attacked. Yeah. <laughs> I feel personally attacked. <laughs> not physically, at least. Can you imagine if we brought Yando on this trip? Yeah, that yeah, be that'd be tough to maybe get him to go through that. <laughs> like, we've all had bad times in here, but there's not a room where one of us has died in. Well, yeah. maybe <laughs> Thelias is going to catch yeah. a room, but... <laughs> <laughs> next room is Thelias getting ripped in half. It's like, all right, pal, why don't you just walk through this one? <laughs> all right, so yeah, it, it, it seems physically safe okay. in this room. I walk in. I'm detecting magic as I go. Okay. I'm rolling perception for danger. Go ahead. Come on, guys. Don't make me be the only one. Oh, I, I, I'm all right. Oh, I got it. You were good. 25. <laughs> As a Rogier is just flying straight through with Elias. He he wants to get out yeah. of this room as quick as fucking possible. Rogier goes straight through the uh, the image. Is that what you said? No, straight through the room. Like, <laughs> God. <laughs> all right. Uh, with a 25, Uhtred, you don't. You don't notice any dangers. Uh, nothing really jumps out at you. It, this room looks exactly as you remember it. And so you guys go across to the the west, past those sliding doors. I give Thelias a big hug on the other side. In the western end of the warehouse, you find dozens of crates and barrels strewn about. A large grate sits to the south, emanating a dark, sinister aura. Is there like something we could roll on it? Like, uh, is there a knowledge or a spellcraft? Like, uh, go ahead and give me knowledge, arcana, or planes. I uh, I know twenty two about it. Anybody else? Thirty five. <laughs> Nothing really concrete, but maybe it's some sort of door or portal. You're not really sure how you would define such a thing in this place. Um, you definitely don't remember that great. Uh, emanating an aura last time. You do remember moving it aside to get into the sewers, but yeah, that aura definitely wasn't there. Perhaps you're reminded of the riddle that Randolph recited to you shortly after entering this place. A lock forged from light would never yield to keys made from darkness. Now this seems to be like maybe the antithesis of that, uh, this grate seems to be emanating darkness, not light. Uh, it also doesn't seem to be a lock, but locks, you know, are uh, locks go hand in hand with doors, and so the riddle is a lock made made from light. This is this grate seems to be emanating darkness. Maybe there's something there, but that's everything that you guys would know. To at least just standing across the room from it. I'm also noticing a door. Uh, down in yeah, the, yeah, the other exit from the dye works. Yeah. Uh, to the south a little bit. Yeah, it might be worth checking that out before we try the sinister looking aura. <laughs> um, and in that similar vein, yeah, I'm, you can go that way. I'm going to take the long way around. Yep. Yeah, well, I'm flying, so. <laughs> but, like, the, 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 the Yendo stuff is, like, over here, so. 
Vipera goes in between the two uh, f- the two gears. Hop down to the treadmill and back up. Yeah. For old time's sake. For old time's sake. <laughs> you open the door. Uh, suppose. All right. This hallway stretches east, east and west to wooden doors, with you standing in the western one. Every few feet, an elaborate portrait depicts a scholarly individual. Most are reading heavy tombs, wearing academic robes, or holding quills. All of them have sour expressions. Oh, this stupid room. You may remember the room in the scriptorium that stretched forever and ever until Vipera kind of accidentally solved it. So, so basically, we just, we just had to ask them, please let us out. <laughs> so my bluff is a 13 and my diplomacy is a 12. Yep, Vipera is the party face. Which is still so funny. Vipira appeases to the uh, portraits on the wall. Give me a bluff or diplomacy check. Okay, I will give you a bluff check. Uh, Vipira rolled a 24. Okay. We are currently on a very important mission. Uh, We must uh, get through this hall as quickly as possible. And we appreciate your uh, your assistance if you can give it, and it would benefit you in great ways. You see the portraits kind of like roll their eyes at the your 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 claim of like having a like a grandiose purpose. Uh, Vipira starts walking down the hall. Does it get shorter or does it stay the same? It stays the same, and you reach the end. Oh, okay. What what do we see? Do we all go with her down the hallway and it just sort of ends? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that must be such a weird thing for uh, uh, for uh, Randolph. Who was never there. Yeah. He was never there. <laughs> yeah. He's like, why, like, oh, guys, why did they start watch. talking to the pictures? Yeah, watch out for this hallway. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> please go. Like, oh, fine. And then, that was a close just, one. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, none of this is helping his madness, man. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I bet it's not. All right, so you guys uh, open the south-facing door. Yep. Okay. So a path winds from a web-shrouded pergola to the south through this garden. The path weaves around several large topiary animals, and the heads of all these topiary creatures are entirely covered with webs. The garden's many trees are swathed in spider webs. As you guys seem to have already caught on, uh, this is the uh, like the the garden at Salakhar Scriptorium. Uh, well, this time I can fly, motherfuckers. So I go up and over to see what's what's <laughs> up. You are uh, still met with a uh, a canopy of spider webs that you would have to force your way through if you wanted to get above everything. But I will blow a hole through them with my hair blast and fly through. <laughs> oh, all right. You aim an air blast up at the webs, and they seem uh, to be buffeted violently by the blast, but they do not give. Now, even though they're buffeted, does it look like a normal web or something getting pushed by air, or is it kind of like like a hologram image when you wave something through it where it kind of looks like waves rippling and then goes back? No, it one? looks like the webs themselves are being... Uh, are interacting with the air blast, Utrid, with your 
knowledge arcana check, I think it was earlier. It could be a property of the webs, or it could be that as you guys never saw what was beyond the ceiling, nothing exists beyond those spider webs in this mindscape. That's okay, that makes a lot of sense. How quickly are we going through these rooms? Pretty quickly, yeah? I mean, it feels like it's taking forever. Well, but like, no, you're right. It is. It is. It's dragging balls. But I meant like in actual in-game time. I don't know. You guys tell me. Joking aside, it feels like you guys are being very cautious about pretty much every movement you make in this place. All right, I'm going to throw a little caution to the wind here, and I'm going to cast Fly, and I'm going to follow Rogar's path that he's making. All right. And so where do we land down? on our spells per day thing? Because I'm you, pretty tapped with spell. I don't think I have yeah, fly. I, I only have fly again because I used one of my um, pearls to re-prepare it. Yeah, physically you feel fine. You feel rested. Um, but mentally, you would feel the same as you did before entering the, the mindscape. So all of your spells per day, any like, like Uhtred's... Uh, Arcana points would be where they were before. All right, I guess me and uh, me and T are walking. Okay, so Rogiar, Thalias, and Vipira are walking through this garden. Rogiar is still flying through. Rogiar flying. Yeah. Okay. Is Vipira still invisible? Yeah. <laughs> so, even though we are all walking through, it feels like I'm walking alone with Thalias. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you get about halfway down, and you reach that statue that uh, Tom uh, correctly uh, recalled as being the thing that burst apart. Maybe we shouldn't walk on uh, on this portion. Not a problem. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> oh, wait. Problem. Um, yeah, I don't know how to get across this. I And I honestly am even fake spiders. Like, I'm a little bit, like, paranoid about, like, going off the trail and, like, wandering up in like large amount of uh spider webs i uh, i want to reach out my hand and thalias to do the same to get lifted up like a um, skill crane machine you know like you get from some the two, two, two get flyers. upsies yeah <laughs> well i'm gonna do I, i'm gonna do a quick perception to look around to see if there's like a pressure plate or if there like if there is something noticeable that would set off some kind of trap and I got a 21 nothing jumps out at you I'll do my thing as well with uh, trap finding with a 22 for uh, including danger sense you do not see any pressure plates was it but you do notice you were actually uh, you did remember this wrong Uh, it wasn't a pressure plate it was uh, disturbing the web like trip lines oh that uh, are moving throughout this this area. Oh, uh, that's what it was. Okay. I remember it had something to do with our feet and our location. I just couldn't remember what it was. Looking out for them, it is a simple matter of avoiding them. Okay. Uh, and, and I point them out to uh, Thalias and uh, uh, Randolph. All right. So you guys make it, uh, you make it past that area with no incident. And you continue down this uh, winding path. So there is a door to the west, or you can go south under this archway that leads to 
another room, and there's a, a closed door to the south of that room. Looking into this room, uh, it's a square room, contains nooks at varying heights in the west wall, each containing a candle with an eerie green-hued flame. Several thin mats cover the floor near the nooks. A narrow archway in the north wall, where you're standing, uh, leads back to the garden where you came from, while a door stands in the south wall. I feel like a candle would be a good thing to qualify as a key made of light. Ooh, Mm. I'm into that. That is a 23. You do find several lit candles in these nooks. Nothing that looks like a key. Just in case, I'm still going to take one of the lit candles with us. All right. As you pick the candle up, you hear a... <gasps> and the, the candle seems to like shudder a little bit. But otherwise, it doesn't do anything oh, I thought we were about to have a Beauty and the Beast moment. <laughs> <laughs> about to fight a candle. All right, so we're going through that south door. Is it safe? Yeah. All right. The stone walls of this room are carved to resemble hanging draperies, framing a large dais. Upon the dais stands a large sarcophagus, its lid carved to resemble a sleeping knight with long hair and a wide mustache. This room carries a faint, nauseating odor, like putrefying meat. Ugh. Uh, does this sound familiar to anyone? Randolph says as he enters this room. Actually, yes. Um, yep. This is the room that behind the sarcophagus was a a, a construct cobra or something like that. I, I, I feel like that's what it was. It was a bone cobra. Bone cobra. And this was Roslar's sarcophagus, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't see any other exits here, so I suppose we need to see what's inside there. So you know there's a snake behind there. Or, or at least there was last time. And we're going to see if there's a snake behind it this time. Is that what you're saying? So far, every uh, every room that we've entered has resembled a room where like bad things happen to us, but hasn't actually contained the danger that we initially faced in them. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm starting to think that maybe this mindscape was just a, a ploy or a tactic. A, a to delaying tactic, from, yeah. Yeah. Although, I also wonder if, because this is, like, in our minds, is it, like, time's kind of suspended or happening, you know, a lot faster in here than it is out there. All right, I think we should just go to go ahead and uh, try and push off the top of Rustler's sarcophagus. The first time we were going through here and did this, Uhtred was like, oh, dude, I do not feel good about disturbing this great man's grave. And yeah. this time, he's, like, got no apprehension whatsoever of slamming his tomb open, his crypt open. <laughs> wakey, wakey, bitch. You have you have lost... What's your big secret? <laughs> You've kind of lost a bit of respect for Roslar over this process. Yeah, like, in Uhtred's mind, he, like, doesn't know whatever, what he did. But whatever he did was so bad that, like, it, it's connected to us coming back. The Whispering Tyrant, like, all this bad shit going on. In Uhtred's mind, his working thesis is it's tied to whatever that horrible deed Rossler did. So, yeah. Okay. Get, let's rip those so, blankets off. Alright, so Uhtred uh, pushes open the sarcophagus and uh, like, as if uh, picture, like, the room being pitch black 
and there's like a super bright light inside the sarcophagus and as you open it that light just like beams through and permeates the room but take that but like the negative of it the room you're in is lit up by i i presume dancing light spells light spells etc and as you open the sarcophagus uh there's like a like an aura of darkness seeps out from inside the the sarcophagus is empty as you remember it being but on the underside of the lid uh you see a small key and the key seems to be permeating this darkness uh well that seems to be our way through that grate who wants to grab it um i nudge the lias as if he's our our go-to <laughs> guinea pig <laughs> he'll he'll go grab it on the promise that he looks at me like better you know, fucking pull at, me back points at his head like mm, you're gonna put me back in if something goes something goes wrong and uh yeah i agree you just give him like a sarcastic thumbs up and the rest of us just get a little wink like i'm totally yeah. not <laughs> <laughs> all right Elias takes the key and nothing super bad seems to happen just or even a little bad. Super good seemed to happen. <laughs> uh, nope. Elias now has a a key with a with a dark aura to it. Nah, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. Dark aura. It's 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 in, it flies directly in the face of the riddle. I mean, no, it it does fit with the riddle because the riddle. Yeah, but the riddle specifically says that the lock will not open. From a key forged from darkness, right? Well, it just says a lock forged from light would never yield to keys made from darkness. So that basically the riddle is just saying that to open a lock made of light, you need a key made of light. And the alt- the converse would be true. To open a lock made of darkness, you need a key made of darkness. And we found the grate that was emanating that aura of darkness. Oh, that's a good point. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That checks out. So, right. so I guess back to that grate. Let's let's get the hell out of here. Nice job, Elias. Way to go! I pat him on the back and uh, <laughs> let's get out of here. All right. So you guys, uh, you double back to that uh, back to the die works. Yeah. Yep. All right. So you uh, you leave the sarcophagus room. You go up the winding path of the uh, the garden carefully. Yep. Back through the portrait hallway. Get another eye full of uh, your best ranger friend Yando getting crushed to death. Problem is, we're numb. I'm numb to this. Like Uhtred's numb to it at this point. Yeah. Look how many rooms we filled with terrible things that happened to us. Like <laughs> <laughs> I lived it. Like yeah, not wrong. <laughs> uh, all right, so it doesn't really look like there's a like a lock or a keyhole. Just throw Here. it in. Just throw it in. Uh, yeah. Um, All right, the lies drop it off. But not through the grate, right? I mean... Maybe just start uh, by touching it to the grate. All right. Um, Randolph takes two steps back and allows <laughs> Elias some space to work. Goes right. over and touches the key to the grate. So Elias touches the key to the grate, and uh, the key kind of breaks apart and becomes insubstantial uh, within Thalias' grasp and as it does uh, the dark aura that 
the grate was projecting uh, disappears, and it looks like a normal grate now. Hey! All right, I think. Polias gives you a enthusiastic thumbs up. Oh, excellent. And then I sort of nod over like, all right, now open it. <laughs> <laughs> Great job. Now, uh, I don't want to touch that thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it looks pretty heavy, but Thalias, uh, he, he heaves it to the side. Looks like he can climb down. I guess Uchu would start to float down. All right. Um, all right. I, so, Uchu, uh, go ahead, Matt. I'm looking down into that grate. Like, what do I see down there? goes down maybe 20, 30 feet, and then you can see the floor. But, I mean, it's a narrow shaft, so you can't really see much beyond that. So, yeah, you guys are down here in this uh, sort of a hallway between a, a ladder going up that you came from and there's a ladder going down at the other end. And except for a long weapon rack against the south wall, uh, this room is bare. You Wait can a see second. A, you can weapon see a courtyard. Rack? Yep, this, this a is... A courtyard through the southern arrow slit windows, its interior walls simply riddled with teeth. This is the weapon rack that broke Rogiar's back the first time through. <laughs> <laughs> yup. Oh, man. Um, uh, Rogiar is still struggling at the top of this grate. He just... He knows it's like a mindscape. He knows it's all in his head, but like, God, just going underground again is just, I don't know if he can, I don't know if he can do it willingly. Vipira, uh, Vipira actually waits for Rogyar and she goes, we're, we're stuck in the same place here, Rogyar. There's nothing to do but go down. If you have a better way, I mean, I'm all ears. It's muffled somewhat, like, like beyond the hallway to the east, but you can still faintly hear the muffled cracking and the looping and screaming of Yando and that ooze. I, I know we have to. I just, I don't, I don't know if I can. Rogyar, I'm not one to hold anybody's hand through anything, but this situation that we're in. We're surrounded by incredibly dark entities. And this right now, once again, you're going to be left up here. I mean, I'm not going to push you through, but man, you got to, we got to work through this. We got to get down there and just get through this as quick as possible. The longer we're out here, the our actual bodies are being threatened. <sighs> Vipira, can 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 you can you help me? Vipira grabs Rogyar's hand and just she descends, utilizing the ladder, but also like Rogyar's um like floating. Basically, just grab my hand and jump in and drag me down with you. Yeah, kind of, sorta. Yeah, like Errol Flynn, like going down a pirate ship sail yep. with a dagger. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, Vipira and Rogyar appear at the bottom of this ladder and probably sets Rogyar's mind at ease seeing the uh, the trap that broke his back. Oh, yes, fond memories. And the the multitudes of teeth outside. Yeah, we're not going to look at those. But what we are going to do is get down this hallway as quick as we can without touching any weapons on the rack. 
Alright, so you get to the other end of the room, and uh, there's a ladder descending down. But I feel like we want to go up. I mean, I think that's the point of a mindscape, is like... You don't know which way is which? You have to go through, not necessarily up or down, just through. So you guys descend? Uh, Vipir grabs Rogyar's hand and just jumps down. Alright, so you, you, you get to the bottom of the, of the ladder, and it leads to a landing, and shortly after the landing... Uh, there are stairs that further descend down. Uh, you get to the bottom of these stairs, and it opens up into a room. And discolored paintings along the northern wall depict a few types of weapons, including several rapiers and lances. Indentations in the wall hold plaques under each illustration, but the plaques are all blank. A short hallway leads east, where you came from, and a rough passage in the stone leads west past rubble. The south wall contains the frame of a doorway, but it's blocked with solid stone. In the southwest corner of the room, you see a sickening scene playing on loop of Thalias being ripped in twain by the Xenopterid spore zombie. Oh, shit, dude. Uh, Just pull Thalias back into your brain. Cover your eyes. Don't let him see it. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to come back in my brain. And I'm going right, to use my cause... mental fortitude so that he... Uh... <laughs> to block him from seeing through your vision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Are you capable of that? You said you're going to use Randolph's mental fortitude. <laughs> I know. What little there is. <laughs> oh, God. I remember this scene. Uh, th- this would be enough for uh, Uhtred as we go through to actually, with his offhand, grab Elias's holy symbol and like hold it as we go through. You know what's funny is uh, Randolph's never actually seen this. So yeah, that's this correct. Is, this is like horror unfolding in front <laughs> of him. He can't stop watching it. Oh, no, he can stop watching it. But as soon as he <laughs> sees the lies get torn apart, he's like, screaming ah! <laughs> loose his goddamn. It's not quiet. Yeah, but. It's like, the lies, you, no! you, get back in my head! <laughs> <laughs> do you recognize the lies, though? Do you, like, do you know that's him? Uh, I feel like dude, he, he would probably just feel I spent it. all my time yeah. with who has the shovel yeah. and looks like the guy who, uh, yeah. Each time uh, the loop gets to its conclusion where Thelias gets torn in half, the, the walls and floors and ceiling just get painted with Thelias' blood and guts. But then, like, mere moments later, the all the gore vanishes as the uh, the image replays again. Dude, that's crazy, because <laughs> Randolph comes down, like, oh, what's this room? Oh, it's Elias. Splat blood everywhere. <laughs> see, literally, I'm going to put the Elias back in my skull after I see what happens, and I'm going to sprint across the room to the other side, like, shaking my head and screaming and making a huge scene. Yeah, Rogier also just, like, zooms right through this room, like, I had to, he, he still sees that moment in his dreams at night, he does not need to watch it anymore. I was just thinking, like, the sound of that, Uhtred still hasn't not been able to hear, so, like, hearing it again is, like, great. That's not leaving anytime soon. Yeah. Alright, so you guys all hurry through this room. You have to kind of carefully step over and around the rubble that connects this room to the next one. Empty shelves and display cases line the walls of the next room. A tunnel opens in the wall to the east where you came from, and a stone door leads south. Uh, Rogar's gonna keep going until he can't hear that scene anymore. Alright, we'll just, uh, move things right along then. 
<laughs> what if we speed run this? Can we just the, well, can we, honestly, can we that just that's kind of where Rogiar is right now too. Like, with Viperia's help, he was able to go back through that sewer grate, but now he's now that claustrophobia is setting in again. He needs to get. He needs to either speed run through this, or he's going back. I I think uh, <laughs> like I just imagine like if if. Rogar were to slow down at all, like Viper is probably going to be right behind him, just like shoving him into whatever direction that. Uh, <laughs> just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> this is a this is a horror house. Like we need to move. All right, so uh, you guys shuffle through this room into the next one. The ceiling of this wide chamber is supported by two rows of sturdy stone pillars and slopes downward from the east to the west. A sun depicted over the large stone double doors to the south emits rays along the ceiling to a raised wooden dais at the north end of the chamber. Many of the walls have been painted with murals made to resemble stained glass windows, each depicting a different armored knight aiding the downtrodden and slaying foul undead in the service of Sarenray. A few of these depictions have been grotesquely defaced with skulls painted over the figures' heads and terrifying creatures swooping down from above. Rows of broken wooden pews occupy the center of the chamber, with many heaped into a jumble in the middle of the chamber, creating a large empty space. Simple wooden doors exit this room in every direction. You all uh, easily recognize the the main cathedral of the Bastion of Light Temple. Yeah, you know it's kind of weird. I you like uncovered it, and I was like, oh shit, it's my turn. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I actually think Uhtred has kind of the complete opposite reaction that we'd be getting out of, like, these other rooms. Feels and, like he's conquered this? Yeah, like, he's he's not struck by fear, and I think he would even kind of, like, fly over to where the Grey Reaver finally, like, fell. And he would kind of just land and, like, take a knee and touch that spot with his offhand, like, his uh, freehand. And he would just kind of have a sense of, like, this part of his past doesn't haunt him anymore. This is a room full of closure for Uhtred. Yeah, like, I could see where the way the spell works, it would think, like, this is, a like, a room to, like, hit at the fears. But, yeah, no. Uhtred just feels like that part of his life is, is closed now. There's There's no more guilt, really, about being the keeper of the light like and if he hasn't earned it by this point there's nothing he can do to earn that title yeah and i think that the way this mindscape works it's i think it's supposed to be compiling not necessarily the most traumatic moments but the most influential moments from our journey so far and like it just so happens that Almost all of our most influential moments have also been very traumatic. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, funny how that works out. <laughs> well, you know what it is, too? It's the fact that this room was a really traumatic place for me. Unlike everyone else, though, I've had an opportunity to go back to it. Right? So now it has more than that one meaning in this room. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of exits to this room. You guys came from the northernmost exit, uh, which originally would have been the eastern exit but this room seems to be uh rotated perhaps to uh to fit the uh the <laughs> cobbled togetherness of this mindscape uh, the northernmost exit uh as the room is currently oriented 
is where you came from. There is a an exit uh, to the northwest, the southwest, the south, and then there are four exits to the east. I think Uchrid, again, Uchrid kind of doesn't feel bad feelings in this room, so he's going to take the time to look through the side rooms. All right, so what? tell me what door you're going to open up first. Uchrid's going to start with the northernmost door on the eastern. You open said door, and gloomy light permeates this damp, cavernous space. Ripples of light slither along the cavern walls, reflected from the dark water of an underground lake. A dark shape drifts slowly through the waters, like a small, bulbous island. A long neck extends unnaturally high out of one end of the dark shape, and a reptilian head with a fanged maw sits atop the neck. You don't remember this place. A quavering voice echoes off the cavern walls. I was good. Listen to your every word, obeyed without question. Now time rots away without end. Tarbafon, my love, why was I not good enough? How long must I wait? Why have you left me? The creature's head snaps to attention in your direction. Who is that? Tarbafon, have you returned? No. Who are you? Leave me to my suffering. And with a concussive yank of space, the cavernous room is pulled away from you until the door slams in your face and disappears into the wall. Was that the Loch Ness Monster in there? <laughs> Goddamn Loch Ness Monster. What? So, yeah, the, the door slams shut and it kind of melts away into the wall. And uh, as you look around, that wasn't the only door to seemingly disappear from this room. Uh, as you as you look around, you can only see three exits from this room now. The one to the north where you came from, the double doors to the east in the center, like the, the central eastern wall, and a single door to the south. Uh, well, let's check the double doors. Yeah, there. we'll try the double door first. Wooden pillars carved to resemble thin trees support the ceiling of this enormous ballroom. Stairs lead up to a balcony at the south end of the room protected by wrought iron railing. A low stage under the balcony contains benches and music stands. The walls are painted with misty forest scenes, each image featuring a clearing with a grave or mausoleum. The ballroom contains no windows and only one door, one you're standing in. Uh, as you're looking around, you see uh, a familiar face as Kishikish whirls around and he says, More intruders have at you! Oh, well, welcome back. It would seem that uh, you've progressed somewhat as he kind of looks around. He says, Now I'm in the ballroom. Any news of this place? Uh, finally getting some reprieve. Uh, I'm going to go just sit down and have a little... A little, a little rest time to myself, yeah. Fuck Ishikish. Some warning that Elias's death would be in here would have been nice. <laughs> I thought you <laughs> that it's death his fault, was all the warning you needed. Yeah, no, I needed more warning. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rogar honestly floats into this room, sees there's no other exits, and just goes right back out into the, into the bastion. How distraught is Randolph that he just sees Rogar come in and immediately turn and leave? Yeah, I'm just gonna stay here until someone calls me. I need a break. <laughs> Uchid's gonna look at uh, Kishikis and hmm, 
It's kind of odd that you've progressed along with us, it seems. It certainly doesn't feel that way to me. And he's still peering around this room curiously. I know that I'm merely a, a projection of, of your memories. While you, it would seem, don't remember seeing me in any of the areas between my study and my ballroom. Whatever misadventures you had, I don't know if if I progressed anywhere. Perhaps I have. That's a good point, Kishikish. Perhaps we see you in this room as well, because, well, it's one of your rooms. Indeed it is. Quite the fateful room for me to appear in, as if you don't count that morose portrait that guided you to this point at my manor, this would have been the first place you ever saw me, after you rescued me from the claws of the thieves. This is true, and we would have never been able to do that without Thalias. Shaking my head. Oh, Randolph, you might have seen Thalias' worst moments not long ago, but this room truly is one of his greatest moments. I sort of perk up after that. I... What do you mean? Well, if it wasn't for Thalias wrestling away Kishiki's staff from the seas, I dare say we would not have rescued Kishikish nor made it out alive ourselves. What he says is true. I was but a prisoner in this place before Uhtred and the others rescued me, Thalias chief among them. I, uh, I start, like, sobbing a little bit, just like, he's the best. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. Kishikish, uh, kind of shuffles his way over to Randolph and he puts a, a, a hand on his shoulder. I have no doubt that you and your group have been through a great many trials since you left my manor. It would seem very, uh, very apparent. Those trials have not ended. No, not really. Uhtred, kind of seeing, like, Randolph's reaction to that, is going to notice that Elias' holy symbol is still, like, kind of untucked from when he was, like, clutching it earlier. Yeah. And he's gonna go over to Randolph, and he's gonna take it off. And Randolph, I, I feel like this belongs to you. This was Elias' holy symbol that I've worn since, well, you saw. But I think it belongs around your neck, not mine. I take it from you, and I... I feel hesitant to put it on because it's a holy symbol and I'm not really a believer, but I believe in Thalias so much that I put it on as like a, like feeling his power and the, the gesture is just so strong. And that's perfect too because Uchir didn't wasn't really a holy man and he put it on because he loved Thalias. That's awesome. Man, you know, I, I don't want you to think that I'm like bearing the lead or holding out on you guys, but I, I don't want to like... Wait until we're out of here, because I, I have no doubt that you guys are gonna like keep this up. But I just want to give all of you guys a hero point because your role playing through this this place has been like awesome. So, well, it's been a goddamn trip. Yeah, right. <laughs> I only role play this one way, just to get absolutely socked in the fields. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, you know, there's your, you know, the the, the ice cream that you get after yeah. getting your tonsils yeah. removed, i.e., going through this nightmare. That's awesome. It's a perfect analogy. Oof. 
<laughs> I don't think uh, Randolph's had like these like this level of feeling like yet in this campaign. Like, dude's a maniac, but this is really like this is changing things. And I think back to the terror reading. I feel like this. I thought the turning point was before. This is the turning point. Like he's yeah. like the he's kind is of so ex- much more to Randolph. He's getting that like really, really in depth firsthand experience of our trauma, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, like Randolph was kind of like intertwined with like the death of Roslar's coffer and like getting out of the boneyard, but like, and while well, while his journey out of the boneyard was traumatic in its own right, it didn't come with the, uh, like the existential uh, crisis of. You know, we like of putting an entire town to rest and then like having to just carry on. It was just a, it was a, it was a fight for his personal survival until he got back to the material plane. Um, at which point, like the existential crisis was kind of over and it was still just survival. So yeah, like, so yeah, like Randolph would only just now be kind of dipping his toes into all that like just just how dark it was not just like you know we got to keep ourselves safe but like just everything is fucked yeah yeah Yeah. there's also the matter of like randolph has been with us through like the good time of this ap so far (laughs) right yeah and like this is him how fucked is that that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, a, that's the good time, and yeah. you're absolutely right, though. But like now he's now he's really going like seeing the shit we went through before he came back. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Woof. Kishi Kish says, "Well, there's not much I can do for you, but offer my condolences and wish you luck as you continue to push on, as I know you will and must." Also, and he kind of rummages through his pockets and he says I don't know why I know this but I have something for you and he reaches his hand out and you see another key this one is also glowing a dark aura Uchin will go up and take the key from Kisha Kish right Uchin will go over and just put like a hand on Randolph's shoulder and say come on Randolph it's time for us to keep moving. I'm sure Dolias would keep going. I put my hand on your hand, and I, I thank you again for the uh, for the holy symbol. And I, I'm clutching your hand and the holy symbol. Mm. And I I'll, I'll do the I'm one on top to, of yours. Yeah, I'm ready to go on. And I needed that too. So, all right, yeah. One more, one more door to try, right? Farewell. Good luck. Goodbye, Gishigish. All right. So there is about one door remaining to your south. Alright. Uh, Rogiar goes and opens it. In what might seem like a strange twist, Rogiar is taking the lead in this. <laughs> no, like, that's intentional. Like, Rogiar is so freaked out, he, like, he's, uh, just, he's just, like, he's trying to, like, speed run through this. He, he needs to get out of this. <laughs> Alright, we're, we're creeping up on panic mode, I gotcha. <laughs> a makeshift barracks fills a surprisingly clean room lit with two flickering torches. The scent of incense is strong here. Three hammocks are anchored to the northern wall and a table with three chairs stand in this room's southern end. A stairwell descends along the southern wall near several barrels and crates. 
An imposing iron door is set into the brick wall to the north where you came from. And, uh, kind of bubbling up from those stairs is a sinister aura of darkness. Oh, man. Oh, we need to go find another key. Oh, lucky for you, Rugyar. Turns out the Kishikish back there had this key. I'll hold up the key that Uchu just got. Oh, well, egg on my face, I guess. Well, let's be about it. Uchu will go up to it and uh, touch the key to it. All right. Uh, it's yeah. It's just kind of like this, like bubble of darkness coming up from the stairs. So, uh, Uhtred goes up to the landing and just kind of awkwardly holds the key out. And when it touches that bubble of darkness, the key crumbles away into nothing, and the dark bubble uh, seems to pop. And you can clearly see the stairs that, to uh, Rogyar's dismay, goes ever down. Seems that's the only direction you guys have been traversing. Yeah. I will say the the stairs are less... It's the com- tight, confined spaces. Yeah. It's, it, going into, like, that Yeah, that, that tight stairwell is was a lot more, more terrifying than going down some stairs. Like, he still doesn't like the idea of going further down, but at least it's not a, as tight of a space. Fair enough. He still doesn't like it. He's still floating apprehensively but he goes down without needing actual hand holding all right this room is adorned with thousands of tiles covering the walls floor and ceiling the tiles form mosaics depicting the story of a warrior woman garbed in crimson robes fighting a host of undead a dented gold brazier with a lotus petal motif rests at the chamber's center Steep stairs ascend east where you came from, and two archways open to the west. A hall leads south where you remember being blocked by fallen rubble, but now the way appears clear, and you see a doorway at the end. Uh, first things first, going south to the new doorway, because, yeah, something new seems like a way out to me, rather than rehashing what we've already done. Okay, and uh, so the... Room that you are currently in seems to be where you like kind of lit that brazier last time, and you like burned one of the those cultists' uh, plate mail and got that that blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like kind of before it opened up into that big cavern, like kind of like the last map that you guys were in yeah. before going into this mindscape. All right, I, uh, I I I'm sure you did. I just kind of wanted to like say it out loud for okay. For the folks at home, you go south, and a shattered double door leading west hangs open. An overturned desk stands among a sea of paper, splintered wood, and some kind of slick substance covering the floor. A damaged armoire stands against the south wall, its clothes heaped nearby. A faint white glow seems to emanate from deep within the armoire. A narrow wooden door leads north where you came from. Okay, well... Open the armoire. Let's let's see. Is this? I mean, <laughs> I'm hoping this is either the key or the door out of here. So, one or the other. Let's see what's in here. All right. You open the armoire, and uh, in this room, uh, just to say it out loud, appears to be the ransacked way station that you were originally looking for Doswin at. This is where you found her dossier hidden in a panel, a secret panel behind that armoire, and. Uh, 
you you open the armoire and you like move some clothes to the side and the glow seems to be coming from that same hidden panel. You open it up and you see a key. And the key is glowing this warm white light. Ooh, about time. Now what? Uh, we take the key and keep moving. You go west. Once an elegant study, this room has floor-to-ceiling bookshelves along the walls, a pair of heavy desks, and several overstuffed chairs. Most of the books have been shredded, their pages and covers forming small nests. The chairs have all been sliced open, their stuffing removed and likewise fashioned into small nests. An unsteady chair made of stacked books stands atop the larger of the room's two desks, and loose teeth are piled on the shelves, affixed to the ceiling, and heaped on the floor in strange spiky patterns. The only exit from this room is to the east where you came from. You remember this room is the one where you fought Prince Uspid in the Palace of Teeth. You do see a dark aura emanating from one of the drawers in the smaller of the two desks. I don't like this because we already have a key, but I'll go over and I will open the drawer. Uchard will go over and open the drawer. Alright, you open the drawer and you see a key with a dark aura. Alright, I take it out. Alright. Bring it with us, but very confused why on this level there was two keys. So I guess we have to go back up to the north. Yep, and then out into the courtyard. Well, out Could into be. what we think was be. what 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 would have taken us to the courtyard. We'll see what's actually there. <laughs> All right. There's there's like two entrances on the western wall. Uh, looking through, they both seem to lead to the same room. Trinkets dangle from the ceiling in this irregular room, twisting on hazy air currents wafting up from dozens of incense sticks. Armor stands and weapon racks are jammed together in alcoves, while a large prayer mat decorated with scowling moons fills the chamber's center. A single door exits from an alcove to the east where you came from, and a wooden double door leads west. You recognize this room uh, that you've been in very recently as the one that you fought that Tengu, the cleric of Grotus. Yeah. All right. So in and through. You go through that double door. And a rug bearing a lavish lotus petal motif runs the length of this throne room. A quartet of gruesome taxidermic humanoids stands surrounding the rug, posed as if in agony. To the west, opposite the chamber's entrance, a mahogany throne sits upon a landing a few feet above the chamber's floor. A thick red curtain conceals the wall behind the throne. Two doors sit in the western wall, flanking the throne to the north and south. Both doors glow in almost unbearably bright light. Well, we have the key of light, and we got the door of light. Makes sense to me. Yeah, so yeah, Rogyar floats up to this southern uh, curtained entryway and I guess presses the key into the the light. All right. The light key into as the light. Bef- as before, the key in your hand uh, crumbles away into nothingness. And the light, instead of disappearing, it seems to grow even more intense until you can't see anything beyond this blinding light. Before you know it, your eyes snap open and you're, li- you're all lying on the floor in the same room. I'm not totally sure, but maybe 
you're no longer in the dreamscape or the mindscape. I immediately kind of like fly back to the east to see if it's that that hallway where we fought the the cage demon. Well, yeah. Uh, so exiting exiting that room uh, in the mindscape would have brought you back to th- uh, that room with the Tengu in it. But yeah, you go through the doors, and as you remember from your initial run through this structure, it's that northern facing hallway, and you can see. Uh, I guess the the corpse of that strange cage demon just kind of clustering the hall. Uhtred's going to go up to where that curtain was that who we assume Galdeus is came through and see what's on the other side. So you part the curtain, and this bedchamber contains a mound of pillows in the western niche, a basin for water, and a comfortable-looking divan against the south wall. An open curio cabinet is filled with taxidermic tools and a partially stuffed rat stitched to a dead cat. And sitting at a desk, doesn't really even seem to notice that you've entered, is the old man that you saw in the jail cell, uh, who Vipira didn't seem to care for very much. Uh, And he is just kind of spooling through... uh, an open page in a journal and after you've had a moment to take this room in he he looks up at you and his eyes are of a man who seems to be on the verge of hysteria he, he seems extremely upset about to lose his mind and he, he says oh you you're not dead who let you out of your cage i I just picked the lock. I, I, after you left me there, about, I don't know, uh, 10, 15 minutes passed, and uh, this cold, dark creature came out from where you came, and he didn't seem to care much for the sight of me, and he just kind of left. I assumed that he had taken care of you, and I, 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 I won't pretend that I wasn't uh, satisfied by that possible outcome I picked the lock and I came to have a look how long ago was that he kind of looks around and like his he's got like dark bags under his eyes is like kind of puffy he like looks around and says "Mm, hours hours I I found this and he just kind of looks down at uh, the journal that he's reading. And he says, if if this journal is accurate, then uh, normally I would not be happy to see you. And I suppose I, I, I'm not, if I'm being honest, but it doesn't matter anymore. And he just kind of stands up and like pushes the journal on the desk towards one of you. And he just kind of like, like steps away and he's just kind of like, facing the wall that doesn't look like he's looking at anything in particular and he's just kind of tranced out. Uchid will grab the journal off the book. Dondon, I think now's the time where you start telling us what your involvement in all of this was. I'm the last of the six wise crows. Yes, that much we know. We were nothing more than a a gang of of 'er ne'er-do-wells living in the shadows of Vigil. It was a it was a simple life. 
I won't pretend we didn't get up to any sort of trouble, such as, as you've seen, arson, uh, thievery, mugging. One such job was... Stealing the shattered shield of Arneson? Well, yes, actually. Killebrant was the brains of that job, and actually it was our first job, kind of what we were all recruited for. We had that armor smith create a replica of the shield of Aridin, the shield that the shattered shield was based on, but made sure that she included cracks in it that would enable us to break it apart and have it be indistinguishable from the shattered shield. We all shared a laugh at the stupid dwarf who would make whatever we asked her to as long as she got to play with her metal armor-smithing toys. We had no idea. We had no idea what it was for. But do you know now? Yes, we, I, I do. We had a hand. I, I don't know what Killebrand knew, but I didn't know any of it, I swear. Had a hand in the destruction of this city. Of what city? Uh, just, any like... What city?! Uchid's gonna, like, go up and kind of, like, grab him by the scruff of his shirt. And he just kind of looks at you and, like, tears are, like, pouring out of his eyes. He says, I'm sorry. No. No. You you felt it. You felt the the underground shake. As hard as he can, like, towards the wall. He just collapses. He says, I would have never... Helped anyone with something like this. At this point, Uhtred is I'm... already headed down the stairs and out. If his fly spell's still active, he's flying. Uh, doesn't appear that he's ever cast fly uh, recently. Uh, however, you all would realize that uh, your spells per day and everything else has uh, recovered. Whoa, we were out that long? He did say hours. And as Uhtred is uh, like stomping out of the room... Uh, you can just hear Dondon, like, muttering to himself, and he's, like, like has his, his hands, like, over his ears, and he just says, Lockforge from light. Lockforge from light would never that be... That Uhtred stops Keys. in his tracks when he hears that. Keys made from darkness. And he's just, just murmuring to himself, like, you're not sure if... You're not, you're not sure what he's... I mean, you, you, you're... Your ears aren't playing tricks on you. You've heard that. But you don't know where he heard it from. Uchi's just gonna come back. Where did you hear that, Dondon? By pure getting close to this, uh, close in between him and Dondon. By pure steps between Uhtred and Dondon? Uh, no, she's getting close. Uh, Dondon just kind of looks up, like, shaking at Uhtred. And then he points a, a quivering finger at the desk. He says, the manuscript... The opening epigraph, a lock forged from light would never yield to keys made from darkness. The shattered shield of Arnescent is the whispering tyrant's new weapon. He has a shard from that shield embedded in his hand back from when he was first banished into Gallows Spire. And he found a way. The shards are all connected. They're all connected to the real one. And he can choose which shard to to connect to. And that shard becomes... It becomes some sort of bomb. 
I don't know where they are. I don't know what happened with the Shattered Shield after we stole it. But we were told very specifically to leave one of those shards where we found it. Wait, are you saying that Tarbefon himself is what caused this? Just read the journal. It's all in there. Yes, that's what it says. This is Tarbefon. He's, he's been trapped in Gallows Spire by the some sort of barrier that the Shining Crusade erected to keep him in there. But those seals, they're located remotely elsewhere. And the final shield, the final seal needed to be destroyed was here in Vigil. Roslar's coffer was just a test to make sure his new weapon worked. And now, according to this, it, once they realized how well the weapon works, this radiant fire, Gildeus realized that it doesn't matter where the seal is. He just has to destroy the city. And now, the Whispering Tyrant, he may not even be trapped anymore. Why would Galdeus leave this journal behind? Why wouldn't he? What does he have to lose? What will you do now? You, you're all heroes. You'd risked your lives coming down here. I don't deserve your mercy, but if you're going up there, well, it's my best chance for survival too. And I will help you however I can. I'm going to sense motive that. Sure. I'm going to as well, but I don't think it's going to matter. I'm going to believe it regardless. I got a 33 sense motive on that. I got a 2. 21. 4 or 5 here. You're not sensing any falsehoods. In fact, Rogyar, you're, your sense motive is high enough to... You're, you're pretty sure that he is being fully genuine in his pledge to help you. He seems shook. He He is... Like he he was even be, even in that jail cell while he was you know pretty weary of Vipera killing him uh, still seemed pretty cocky and not really didn't really give a shit about what he had done. Uh, this seems like a completely different person. I know Uhtred usually detects magic wherever he's in, but I don't know if he's done that in this room. He can, he will, he, can. Oh. he does. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be detecting several magical auras. Leaning against the curio cabinet, uh, you see uh, a magical staff and uh, two magical arrows. You're, you're, you really have no idea exactly how much time has passed, but it's we'll consider it the next day for re-examining any magical items you guys might have on you from uh, before that you uh, fail to identify. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so uh, that'll be a 31, a 32, a 35, and a 38, Bob. I own that showcase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just tell you right now. Uh, so the staff is a staff of frost tipped on either end with a glistening diamond. This rune-covered staff allows use of the following spells. Using one charge, you can cast Ice Storm, uh, which is a... Fourth level Magus spell. Two charges to cast Wall of Ice, which is also a fourth level Magus spell. Uh, three charges will get you Cone of Cold, which is a fifth level Magus spell. And do those spells have to be in my spell book or nope. just on my list? If you if they are on your spell list, it's as good as having it as a wand. 
Okay, so here are the arrows. They are the same kind of arrow, and they are slaying arrows. Uh, slaying arrow is a plus one arrow keyed to a particular type of creature or subtype of creature uh, in the same way that the Bane property is for weapons or favored enemies. Uh, if such an arrow strikes uh, a creature it is keyed to, the target must succeed at a DC 20 fortitude save or take an additional 50 points of damage. You see that these are two slaying arrows keyed to evil outsiders. There's that. Now let's look at this magical glove. That was gifted to us. It was the treasure of the Otiugs. Yes, to cover up those hideous little tentacles at the end of your uh, normal-sized tentacle. Uh, you recognize this as a glove of storing. This device is a single leather glove. On command, one item held in the hand wearing the glove disappears. The like item my staff? Weigh... Are you kidding me? The item can weigh no more than 20 pounds and must be able to be held in one hand. While stored, the item has negligible weight. With a snap of the fingers wearing the glove, the item reappears. The glove can only store one item at a time. Storing or retrieving the item is a free action. The item is shrunk down so small within the palm of the glove that it cannot be seen. Uh, so it doesn't actually go to like another, like it's not like a bag of holding where it goes into a pocket dimension. It's just kind of like incorporated into like the fabric of the glove. Does the glove have something stored in it already? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you so smart. Snap your fingers and find out. You snap your fingers and uh, a scabbard appears in your hand. Detect magic and it is magical. Really? You identify as a scabbard of keen edges. This scabbard can shrink or enlarge to accommodate any knife, dagger, sword, or similar weapon up to and including a greatsword. Up to three times per day on command, which is a standard action, the scabbard casts keen edge on any blade placed within it. As it has a caster level of fifth, so the duration of that is 50 minutes, and keen edge does exactly what it says. It gives a weapon the keen property. Wow, Uhtred just got fucking Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> How about the room outside? Yeah, we should. I guess we should him? see what uh, what he's got before we just take off and leave this place behind for good. Hopefully to be forgotten by history. Yosijuan has four potions. Uh, actually, no, he drank one of them. He's got three potions. Uh, they are all of Cure Serious Wounds. Uh, his armor is plus three full plate, which I believe Randolph is already wearing. He has a plus one gray flame spell storing warhammer, uh, three masterwork daggers, a belt of plus two strength, a cloak of resistance plus two, a ring of protection plus one, a silver unholy symbol in the shape of a skull, a wooden holy symbol in the shape of an upright rapier on a red field, uh, which is the Arasni holy symbol, and uh, he's got key- keys for days, presumably to all the all the doors in uh, in this area. All right. Well, I say with that, if that's everything here, let's uh, let's get out of here and get back to the city and see what is left. Because this still hasn't registered. Like Rogar is just like, yeah, let like the city's been attacked. We need to go see what's going on. I tell the final crow, you gonna follow? Yes, yes. I, I already told you. I'll, I'll help however I can. That one, and he points at Rogyar, uh, blew up my spell book, so I, I won't be 
terribly helpful, but I've, I've got some magic left. All right, let's get moving. And with that, you're able to get back to the, uh, to like the, the square that you originally came out onto after going down those steps. Oh, real quick. I need Thalias to give me a fortitude save. Thalias is in my head. Yeah. Just go ahead and have him give me a fortitude save. Natural one. You may recall when you guys fought those Otiugs uh, back up at the Dye Works. Uh, Thalias failed a fortitude save versus uh, one of their bite attacks. And uh, okay. Yeah. It took a while because. It's been a long day, but Thalia, but the onset just ended, and so the disease that Thalias contracted has just ticked for the first time. Ugh, this is messy. The disease is called Sewer Madness. Oh. Dude, that's the last thing I need in my brain right now, is some goddamn <laughs> Sewer Madness. So Thalias is going to take three points of dex damage, one point of con damage, and three points of wisdom damage. What in the fuck? So is Thalia staying in your head for now, or do you call him out? Uh, after I feel him take a... Uh, a hearty dose madness. of sewer madness? Yeah, I'll call him out and uh, patch him up. Alright. Do you put him back in your head after that, or does he stay out? Um, I'll have him stay out. Okay. I, I just miss him. Yeah. Okay. So, with that, you guys are able to uh, climb back up the stairs at the north end of the square... You ascend back up into the sewers. You get to the sewers, and uh, you're back in that that kind of uh, like entrance hall before you came down here. From there, you're able to go back out into the, the sewer sewers, and uh, you start retracing your steps. There's a lot of damage, it's like structural damage. Like when you first come out of that room, uh, the trough right in front of you that was filled with running water it's empty like the water somewhere upstream the water must be like being redirected somewhere else like just from fissures in the in the like the bedrock and then you you keep going and then in several places uh water is just spooling out from the wall from just who knows from where from where it's being redirected you have no idea and you keep going. Cracks and giant divots in the stone everywhere. You know that it's... You still have like over an hour of walking to do before you get to the surface, but not too long after you leave like that initial guard station at the top of this uh, temple, you start to see sunlight in the cracks of the ceiling. Because after all, you're in the sewers, so you're in, in many parts... Uh, you're kind of like under the, the street of Vigil. And not too long after that, you actually see where there's been like a full cave-in. And if you want, you're actually able to climb up out of the sewers. Absolutely. Rogier Alex. takes that first <laughs> fucking chance. Alex, you are building me up to be more disappointed in Yando dying a second time. <laughs> Holy oh, shit, I didn't, even I didn't even think, think of that. that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this entire time, we... Oh God. So Yeah, dumb. you guys... You did bring Yando back to life. That is a thing that happened. If he's dead right now, and he wasn't out trying to level up uh, outside of the city, <laughs> yo, I'm unfollowing him right now. 
Oh, wow, that's those are fighting words, Tom. Um, Again, if you really just didn't want to play a character with us, you just had to say so. <laughs> you have to fucking kill him twice. Yeah. <laughs> well, plus all the times he killed him in the, the dreamscape there, right? Yeah, yeah, I killed him a lot, didn't I? So, Rogyar uh, floats up through this hole in the, the ceiling of the sewers and shortly, like, on on the heels of, of Rogyar's flight, you all climb out. You return to the surface and you find Vigil unrecognizable with a haze of smoke and dust. Clouds hang dark and low over the land, casting the entire city into gloom. A great crater has replaced Watcher's Tor, leaving no trace of Castle Overwatch or the Crusader War College. The thick outer city walls lie in ruins, save for the occasional string of brick and mortar. Of the six ballista towers that once anchored the fortified city's outer wall, only one remains standing. Whole city blocks have been wiped out, while others still burn. The ironworks have fused into a massive heap of slag, and the city's docks are either severely damaged or sunken below the harbor. The only recognizable landmark is the Cathedral of Sancta Iamade, although its once brilliant dome has partially collapsed. And as you take in this devastation, you catch a glimpse of reflective light shining from the cathedral's dome, and you hear the toll of church bells. They sound manic. You have returned to the surface of Vigil, population unknown. Everybody levels up. Mm. And we'll see you next week. Was it fucking worth it? On the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Oh my god. Oh god. Alex. See ya. See ya. See ya.